Welcome to the Change Your Thoughts, Change Your Life podcast. I'm your host, Nadia Dela Cruz, founder of the Wayne Dyer Wisdom Community on Facebook and angeltarot.org. My guest today is an artist, author, and blogger at restingtimes.com. His artwork inspires others to think a bit differently, love a little more, and enjoy the good things in life. His drawings and inspirational messages share thoughts of grace, gratitude, and wonder. It's his mission to change the world one smile at a time. Kevin Thompson, thank you so much for joining me today. Uh, thank you for, for letting me do that. So you are a member of the Wayne Dyer Wisdom Community and I saw you posting some drawings and at first I didn't even know they were yours. I thought it was just something that you liked. And I think I actually asked you one day, like, wait, is this your artwork? Because it's really good. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I, I just typically <laughs> sign it restingtimes.com as a watermark. Yeah, so you have these, um, these drawings and they always have inspirational messages. And I just like the heart of it. I liked what you were bringing through. So I reached out and invited you to the podcast. So here we are. Welcome. Uh, thank you. Thank you. So you mentioned your website, restingtimes.com, and you also have a blog on there. So what motivated you to start the website? Uh, well, I started the website about three years ago, um, just because the, the little blurbs and posts on Facebook uh, were enjoyed by some of my friends. So I just started telling stories. Uh, and then the more I learned uh, from Wayne Dyer and company, right, the more I kind of edge that into what is called, you know, grace, gratitude, and wonder, because that seems to be what Wayne Dyer was about. Yes, he was. <laughs> and many other things, which I feel like, I feel like, especially reading your blog too, like, like your message embodies the heart of Wayne Dyer. So when did you first discover Dr. Wayne Dyer? Well, you know, I, I, I think about uh, the PBS specials, and I obviously recognize his voice and his face, but I never really paid that much attention. I recognized the name in a bookstore about 20 years ago and got an audio program, but really didn't listen to it about two years ago uh, when I found it during a move. Uh, and really, I wouldn't say I've immersed myself in his teachings, but I probably have listened to and read more than most. Yeah, maybe, maybe. <laughs> I don't know what most do. Or maybe you didn't need to because you already had it in you. It just seems good stuff. It's, it's just good stuff. Do you have a favorite book? Uh, well, I think I mentioned this before. The My favorite right now is Change Your Thoughts, Change Your Life, because that's what you recommended on your video. And that's the last one I read. I go and well, listen to I go back and listen to them, you know, on occasion. Uh, it, and it's always, it's always new. I, I know that you study his life as well as his teachings, and I'm sure you've heard some of the same stories over and over, but it just always has a fresh meaning to me. Right? Yeah. If you listen to his, um, to his audio lectures, he tells a lot of the same stories. So yeah. you, you start to get to feel like, you know, him and his family and, you know, he had eight kids yeah. and he brought them into a lot of the stories, but uh, change your thoughts, change your life. That's about the Tao. Were you familiar with the Tao Te Ching before you listened to that? I, I did a cursory reading of uh, the Tao of Pooh, right? Uh -huh. And uh, I've, ex you know, I had, 
I have a degree in religious studies from way back in the early nineties. So, Interesting. so I had studied some, but not, not anywhere as in depth and as thoughtful as what's expressed in that book. And really when he says living the Tao, right? I mean, you don't get that in a, in a, in a university. They don't teach you how to live it. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, uh, it's really just good stuff. And I'm taking a chance on a few of the things he said and they, they work out. So, I mean, he's got good advice. So you take a chance on some of the things that he said, like um, maybe some of the things that are more out there or like, what is it that stood out to you that I don't know, but I'm going to give it a try. Well, I think, you know, when he speaks about changing the way you look at things and the things you look at will change, which ironically, I think, was probably derived from the Tao in the first place, right? Even before he wrote the essays. But uh, really to step back and observe more than react, it's so hard for me, but it's, it's his advice and it and it's great advice. And, you know, we all, I think a lot of people got caught up in the secret, right? You're familiar mm-hmm. with the secret. Yeah. Uh, but I, I always wondered where he was missing in that. Uh, but you know, he, they asked him to join. I, I figured they did. And, and I, I remember him saying at one point where they got it wrong was it's, you don't get what you want. You get what you are. That's right? exactly it. And, yep. and that just, I mean, that, that compels me every day, right? Uh, it just compels me every day. So, yeah, to put some interesting context into that, he, his first spiritual book was called um, You'll See It When You Believe It. Yeah. And his agent, Artie Pine, uh, secured a deal with the publisher for two books that he wanted him to write. Yeah. And instead, he comes back with, no, I want to do this one. And they thought he was crazy. But the books that they wanted him to write was How to Make a Lot of Money and How to Have a Great Sex Life. Yeah. And they're like, you know, it was big money and like these are big sellers and they knew it would be. And he had already, you know, garnered some fame with your erroneous zones and pulling your own strings. I think he'd had five books at that point, um, including his only nonfiction, which was Gifts from Icus. Um, Or his only fiction, excuse me. (laughs) They're all nonfiction, aren't they? Um, You're like, wait, that doesn't sound right. Um, so he had already made that shift a long time ago. He had already kind of figured out who he was and what he wanted to say and what his message was. And right. so it's interesting when all of these people were being called into the secret, which I think is great. I actually really enjoy the secret. I do completely understand the angle that he's coming from. But, but, but the point of the secret to me was that it brought this message out to the public. It got it out to people about the art of manifesting, about the law of attraction, about that there's something bigger moving the pieces around, that we're more than we think we are, that we're actually all creators. And and that was something that Wayne Dyer really wanted to teach us, but not from an ego standpoint, not from a, oh, I'm going to get a Lamborghini and I'm going to be rich and famous because that's not what your soul wants, you know? Yeah. So. So if you're putting it into the context of you can use this tool to get rich, well, that's not really the point. Now, if you want to use this tool to create a school in an impoverished town and help people, I bet it's going to come about because then that's coming from the heart, right? Then that's coming for a humanitarian purpose, which our greatest purpose is to serve one another. And we are all one. Yeah. 
And well, it, it, I think he just he he takes it a little deeper, right? I mean, the secret's great. I mean, I've got no, I, I, you know, Mike Dooley's one of my biggest, you know, uh, reads right now. But at the same time, it's that Wayne Dyer just takes it a, with maybe a little more humility, you know, mm-hmm. just a little more humility and a little more, uh, like, maybe think about what you want more than just go out and shop with a shopping list, right? Yeah. That's how I take it. But, yeah, he's... Uh, the everything I have yet to come across one of his books where I've just said, no, that's just not the case. I've, I've had to think about it, but it, and ironically, I've never read your erroneous zones mm-hmm. and I hear him talk about it. Some, and I'm like, I think I'll just pass. I like, I like <laughs> this version better. right? <laughs> well, he evolved into spirituality and he got more into the heart of the matter, but I think he still carried those, um, you know, psychological concepts that, um, you know, change your thoughts, change your life, right? That he, he carried that all the way from the time he was a a doctoral student until he became, you know, the old man on the stage talking about God. Um, that was quite a journey. Um, but yeah, he had, he had so much to teach us and you talk about his humility to me. It was that he felt fatherly. He yeah. felt kind of like this gentle, loving, funny, um, entertaining guy that he happened to be the same age as my dad. And so um, he he felt like another dad to me. Not that I needed another father. My father was fantastic. Yeah. Um, but but Wayne and Wayne was the one who spoke and my dad kind of led by example. So it's very personal. But I kind of feel like what Wayne said is what my dad wanted me to know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, you know, ironically, he didn't have a strong father figure himself, right? No, so he had to figure it all know. out his on his own, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, I, I, I am I'm as weird as I want to be, right? Uh, I get to think about things that, you know, I wouldn't tell most people, right? <laughs> uh, I mean, you know, if you'll look, I have to put Bob Dylan in here. He says, if my thought dreams could be seen, they'd put my head in a guillotine, right? Oh, so, man. so, but I, I feel like that, you know, he talked when he was here about how people are, you know, when they pass, it's just like a ship, right? Uh, just going away. It's not that they're gone and it, it's like they're in the next room. So I think anything you do with this podcast or with your Facebook group, uh, he's obviously intrinsically involved in it, right? And I don't know how well you knew him on earth or uh, before he passed, but uh, I, I feel it too, right? I think there's a lot of people that if they sat and thought about it, could just feel his presence. And what more would he not have loved than, you know, to be that. So I feel like, you know, I, I feel like he, he, he stayed as long as he needed to. He used to say from nowhere to now here, back to nowhere yeah. again, it's just a question of spacing. Yeah, um, that's awesome. <laughs> but it is, it is just a shift or, or it's a dropping the body. Um, 
I definitely still feel his presence. I, I hear that from people every single day. You know, I think there's probably millions of people around the world that still feel his presence and we're energy and we're eternal. So ah. yeah, he's still here. Absolutely. And, and my, you know, my experience of his energy is that he's still just as interested in the things that he taught, that he wanted to teach us. Like, yeah. Like, they didn't lose significance just because he died. <laughs> yeah, right. Oh, yeah. That sounds really funny. But, like, you know, to me, that means he was on the right path. Because Correct. if this is what he was passionate about, this is he. This is what he was learning. And when something worked for him, he's like, I'm going to teach this. I'm going to yeah. share this with everybody. So oh, he yeah. was sharing with us what was working for him. And it was bringing him deeper and deeper into the heart of it and it was changing him and it was changing the world because he was committed to sharing this with with so many and and the work that it took to get his message out and visible and reach people i mean i can't even i can't even imagine but if he if he's still passionate about teaching us that we are divine beings yeah you know that we're not separate from god that when we don't have to be victims that we can change the way that we look at things and have a completely different experience of life uh -huh. that we're only one thought away from peace he still wants us uh -huh. to know those things to feel those things to take charge of our own life and and so, yeah, if people are still reading his books and they're still excited about this, he's right here. Oh, right yeah. Here. And, and, and in some ways, even if they're not. But I'll, I'll, I haven't told anybody this, I don't think, except my wife. Right. Uh, there was a there, there was a story where he was walking on a path or something and butterflies just landed on him or his daughter. I can't remember. Do you remember? There, there is the most famous story that I know of is where it landed on him. And okay. It was a monarch butterfly. Yeah. And, and I was just like, I was like, that's, that's where I kind of stepped back and said, hey, you know, maybe, <laughs> maybe that's a fishtail or, uh, but last week, uh, after being immersed in this, you know, Dow centered book, right? Uh, there was a, I had a troubling call from our HR department. Uh, where I where I used to work, uh, but I knew it was going to be tough, so I went walking, and I came back, and on my like right off my front porch, uh, my son said, "Look, look," and it was a bird that would not move, right? And I thought, "Wow, maybe it's hurt," but it wouldn't move. It looks very similar to one I had drawn on a meme that said, "You know, reasons not to worry," right? <laughs> And, and, and I, I went inside, I had the call, I came out to show my wife when she got home and it just gone, just gone. Right. I did take a picture of it, but I don't even know if I'll blog about that story because it just seems so unreal. But, but those types of things come back into your life when you consider what Wayne Dyer said. And even, you know, Deepak Chopra, I know they knew each other and, you know, these, these guys, they're on to something and it's, it's, it's from master's past, but it's put in a way that we can get, you know? Yes. And, and I'm, that's what I like about it. You can just get it. Yeah. It's a way that reaches us now because he takes his ancient wisdom. I mean, some of the stuff he read like books from Neville and, 
you know there's there's a lot of things that are like that are difficult to decipher and he was brilliant yeah I, I think he's actually underestimated about what a scholar he was um but yeah he would take this and bring it to us in a way that was conversational yeah that would reach us that we didn't have to work for that and and yeah like listening to wayne dyer particularly or reading his books it expands our consciousness in a way that allows us to see things we hadn't seen before sure and makes the impossible possible yeah what a gift is that uh you know and and i've said this about the dalai lama even Uh, you know if i need pardoning pardon me but it's that every one of us and i think wayne would say this has what he had inside inside them right everybody has this it's not it's not a it's not really a secret right it's that he instilled in other people that anything he's done they can do and you know who knows what he's done i i know he tells the same stories but how many did he not tell right oh gosh you know how many (laughs) how many people and lives did he affect that he didn't talk about that's the amazing thing to me right something that i've been hearing a lot lately is people who were getting letters from him and christmas cards from him and family photos in those christmas cards and everything and he used to talk about you know his practice of going to a sacred space every morning and often Mm -hmm. it was you know three four in the morning he's doing his work but he would always start by like giving something giving something away and it makes me wonder just how many people he connected with that we never saw that was all in the background of what he was doing yeah well it needs to be like the uh the bill murray stories right i don't know if you've heard about those where bill murray just shows up they we need to start a page where people just have random wayne dyer stories i didn't Uh, know that about bill murray oh my oh yeah you need to look at that that's pretty funny that's pretty funny but uh no i think uh you know it I, I just appreciate the fact that we connected, right? And, you know, there's there's more to, uh, I mean, I don't know even, I do Zoom calls with people, right, from really around the world, which makes my little part of the world just seem small, right? But I've also been around the world, and I realized that my home is, has got everything that anywhere I've been, right? I've been to see, uh, you know, uh, sorry. okay, I've, I've been to Seattle. Seattle. Yeah, yeah, okay, I didn't know it. if I should say that. <laughs> That's where but, I you know, I've been to Seattle, I've been overseas, I've been, you know, around. Uh, but people are people. And if I can say something about this craziness in the world, right? Uh, I was, I, I was, at a car wash in Cincinnati around the time of some of the riots, two miles away, craziness. I don't watch the news. I know I know we are advised not to watch the news by Wayne Dyer, right? But I turned it on local so I could see if I was safe enough, right? But two miles away, people just interacting, you know, diversity, people interacting with each other. And it's just that I don't, I don't know what's, false or true narrative but people want to get along right and if i could say anything to anybody just don't believe the hype right we all know there's bad people out there but there's so many more good people 
I totally agree with you. I mean, the news definitely highlights all the divisiveness because it sells, right? It's yeah. it's salacious and people are like, oh, oh, what's yeah. going on? And like, that's, yeah. that's the, that's the cheapest, quickest, easiest way <laughs> yeah. to like yeah. get people to buy what you're selling. Yeah. Um, but I mean, I wasn't at the riots, but um, I know people that who were, or I or I saw things that maybe weren't on the, <laughs> weren't yeah. on the news, right? Yeah, yeah. And there was a lot of love, there was a lot of peace, there was a lot of people coming together. And then like when there were some people that were getting violent and trying to break a window or something, there's other people that are like, hey man, what yeah. are you doing? Like, yeah. knock it off. Yeah, they're know? not gonna like, show it. They're not gonna show it. <laughs> no, but I mean, it's it's the microcosm of the macrocosm, right? Yeah. Like you're talking about um, you feel like you're in this, just this one tiny piece of the world, but but really the whole world is your home, yeah. and and that you know the kinds of things that you have, right? Like like your meals and a place to sleep at night and yeah. and a place to work and and people that you care about, like that's universal. So much is universal, yeah. and then when we see you know even in something that we deem to be scary, maybe or or violent or unrest there's also peace in yeah. those moments there's peace yeah. built built into it so there is nowhere that love is not yeah yeah well, even in the white house <laughs> <laughs> well everywhere like look everywhere right and this is what he i think this even if we took 30 more seconds to react right like this is the wisdom of the Tao. i mean this is just the wisdom of the Tao. and there's a lot of insightful things and descriptions about the world, right? That ring true. But I think the main wisdom is, and I, I think he says this in maybe a manifestation uh, CD, but that you're, you're always able to step back and observe and you're always able to connect to the mind and peace of God. And, and if we can just take 30 more seconds to do that, then I think we would be in a, you know, better or worse shape, depending on how you view the world and the Tao. But uh, just it just helps people a little more, just a little bit more time before you react. Yeah, just take a breath so that you can act instead of reacting. Because when we react, it's often from our wounds. It's often from, yeah. you know, something that's buried deep that we may not even be aware of. But, yeah. you know, like Wayne Dyer talked about the orange, that when you squeeze an orange, what you get out is orange juice because that's, <laughs> that's what's inside. And so, you know, when somebody squeezes you, when things of life happen to you, what's coming out? Yeah. And if what's coming out is anger and judgment and fear, then you know, that's what you've buried deep inside of you. And yeah. there's reasons for that. And our work is, like Ramdas would say, I can do nothing for you but work on myself. Yeah. And you can do nothing for me but work on yourself. That that's where the work is, that when we feel triggered by something, yes, yeah, sometimes action is needed, but it needs to come from a, a calm place, a place yeah. of love. If it's coming from fear or anger, you know, even if it's the right action it's not going to be implemented in the right way because it's not coming from the right place so if we take that time to center ourselves and see why am i feeling this where is this coming yeah. from what is this saying about me because it's always about us and, yeah. and that's very humbling right? yeah it is it is it's, it sounds arrogant at first but really it's the only way to deal with the world uh because so much of what the world is is perception right 
Uh, all of it. Yeah. I mean, all of it. Yeah. Yes. And yeah. like, we're all just pieces of one another. We're, yeah. You know, we're all, we're all the one. We're yeah. all the one. And it's like, what in the Bible, it says no tree would be so foolish as to have branches that would fight amongst one another. Uh, right. But, yeah. but here we are. We're like, we're hurting ourselves. And it just, yeah. it doesn't make any sense. And I, I hope and I pray that we're headed towards a world where, where we learn how foolish it is to hurt one another, yeah. um, that we're only hurting ourselves. If we send bombs on the other side of the planet, it's still our planet. It's going to, you yeah. know, and some of those bombs are going to hurt the whole world if that happens. So, well, and I'm not, I'm not so, you know, I was never, look, I mean, until two years ago, I didn't even believe in manifestation. Uh, <laughs> so, you know, I'm welcome I, down the yeah, rabbit hole. Yeah, I'm, I'm in the <laughs> rabbit hole, but. But, you know, even karma is a is a tricky thing, right? So, you know, and absolution and grace and the Course of Miracles, you know, even in the Course of Miracles, which is supposedly or reportedly a Christian text, right? It is that to forgive somebody else is to do nothing but forgive yourself, right? Mm -hmm. So it really, in, in as much as it is all about everybody else, it's really only about you, or me, right? For me, I, and and it's a it's a hard concept for me. I'm not gonna lie, but I just you know try to bite off a little bit at a time. Well, you know, we're undoing our conditioning. Yeah. We're we're coming <laughs> home to ourselves, right? Yeah. Like like yeah. this journey is not about becoming. Um, it's about it's about f letting what is not you fall away, so that you get back down into your essence and. I think it's in A Course in Miracles where they talk about forgiveness, saying that um, God doesn't forgive because to forgive requires that you had judged in the first place. Oh, yeah. That's a tough one. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, so how many people struggle with forgiveness? Most people, right? Yeah. That's, a, that's a huge theme in so many people's lives. It was in Wayne Dyer's life with his father who abandoned yeah. the family, yeah. right? But... To forgive, it means you had judged. It means you've already condemned somebody, or maybe you condemned yourself, which is really common, <laughs> yeah. right? And what good does that do? What good does that do? Like, like you can't, you can't hate yourself to health. You can't hate yourself in order to lose weight. You know, you can't yeah. hate yourself into a better life. Like, like you have to love yourself towards the changes that, that yeah. you want. I'm, I'm a, I'm a big, big fan of life you know, the Beatles and George Harrison and even Sammy Hagar, even Ozzy Osbourne, right? And all of these, I just listen to it all. Spotify is a gift for me, right? I mean, mm -hmm. but most music, if you listen to the lyrics of what I listen to, right? It, it's just, it just points towards these things where, you know, that, I don't know, you know, the Beatles say love is all you need. Well, it sounds simple. It sold records, but yeah, I mean, really, that's all you need. A lot of my memes are like, love is all there is, right? I mean, that just a million ways to say that. That's it. That's it. Well, there's there's hatred in the world and there's suffering. Yep, it's all love. It's either a, rea a reaction to that love or it's love, right? That's what I know. The so. simplest messages are often the most profound. Um, it's interesting that you bring up the the music um, like from the 60s, because when <laughs> when we connected last week and I um, 
I was listening to The Doors, and yeah. I and I was listening to Jimi Hendrix, and I was looking. I was I was literally on my phone looking for pictures to share yeah. of these kinds of messages. You know, these um, very colorful hippie posts with messages yeah. of love, right? Yeah, yeah. And then you messaged me and sent me a couple of your drawings that were along the same thing. And I was like, okay, I was I was already thinking about trying to set something up with you this week. And then that happened and I was like, okay, it's I get it. Yeah. You know? And I yeah. I try to pay attention to these coincidences and yeah. like these synchronicities and act on them because because the most amazing things happen yeah. when we listen to our gut instinct when, you know, when we don't even know why. Now I'd actually love to jump back for a second because right. you said you had a degree in religious studies. That's well, very I, interesting I to me. It's on paper and everything. Wow. Congratulations. <laughs> so what motivated you to go into religious studies? Well, I was doing graphic design and then I spent a, a total of three summers at a, a Southern Baptist church in Falls Church, Virginia, which made me want to learn more about other stuff because they're a little, they're a little strict. They're a little <laughs> close-minded, those Southern Baptists, you know? Yeah. Uh, so, uh, so I, I, I just changed my course of study and, uh, ultimately it was to, uh, to maybe pursue a divinity degree because you don't really have to be working for a church to have a divinity degree. Uh, and, uh, I just, I just paused after that. Uh, I just have an undergraduate degree, but I had some really good professors at the University of Tennessee who, uh, who I suspect were more, uh, renowned than they let on, right? <laughs> after you, after I look back at their credentials, you know, they're Harvard graduates and all these, uh, I just, but I, it was always about people, right? I enjoyed the, the people. I had a professor named Rosalind Hackett who, uh, you know, again, being immersed in Southern Baptist stuff, I was the president of the Baptist Student Union one year at UT. Wow. Well, it's it's certainly a, a, a thing. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how proud they are of me now, right? But, uh, well, well, maybe they are, <laughs> but anyway, so I said, I was like, you know, what religion are you? How, how can you teach me? What religion are you? And she said, if you can't tell by the way I live my life, you don't need to know. Wow. And, and I just adopted that the rest of my life. Right. So even now I don't, you know, people ask me, and I just say, that's, that's not, it's, I don't say this to them, but it's not their business. And I don't, I don't even know that it's my business, you know, at some point. So that's my religious studies story. Yeah. How we treat each other is, is what matters. Oh, yeah. it, it doesn't really matter what you're, well, to me, yeah. to some people it really matters, but to me, it doesn't really matter what your um, religious affiliation is. You should listen to the episode I did with Tim Nixon. Okay. He was actually a pastor um, and he grew up in the Bible Belt and oh, very boy. conservative. Um, Tim yeah, Nixon. Really Tim Nixon, really interesting story. And um, 
Yeah, and now he he found he recently found spirituality as yeah. well, and he's very passionate about Ram Dass. So, oh, like the first half of that episode is all talking about his life and how he grew up and and what it was like as a pastor, and then what happened in his family where everything turned around, and then we spend the second half talking about Wayne Dyer and Ram Dass. So yeah. it was just it yeah. was it was a lot of fun for me. Um, I also studied graphic design, by the way. My background is in graphic design well, and web I, design. I knew you were yeah. awesome because you were a lot like me. That's what ah, makes that ah, it. <laughs> I'm just playing. <laughs> no, that's good. That's good. Where did you study, if I may ask? Um, well, I studied at, at Bellevue College in uh, here in Seattle. Awesome. Um, awesome. But it's been a few years. I mean, I still do design work with, with the business that I have now with Angel Tarot and some of the yeah. stuff for the Wayne Dyer group. But um, mostly I'm a mom. I'm a mom. I've got You're two mom. kids. That's awesome. Oh, yeah. Yeah, this is a side gig. Yeah. <laughs> the, kids are, the kids are number one for me. Yeah. Um, so it's interesting that you had that that religious studies background. You were interested in it. It sounds like, were you pretty open-minded at the time? Oh, yeah. Or did that happen later? Oh, yeah. Because, yeah. you know, really, it's a state school, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, they're not going to they're not gonna align themselves with anything in particular, right? But you have a lot of people that are going to that state school that needed a credit. So they took a class, and they get really kind of, they're either, they're either really bewildered by it or they're really against it, right? Uh, so I just I just try to take a, an even keel, right? And just learn as much as I can, uh, you know. And it really uh, was just a, I don't even know if it was more intense than what I'm doing now because, you know, back then there were so many other things to do, right? So I'm a dad too, right? So I have to, you know, I have to, I have other things, you know, it's not, uh, it's it's all a side gig for me, but it's it's a fun, like yes, you know, it's, it's just a fun thing. It's all fun. It's all fun and games, right? Isn't yeah. It? Well, well, everything that you're putting out, your heart is in it, and and you know I've said this before, but I think all that we have to give away is who we are. Yeah. And so when we show up authentically, people feel that and they resonate with that. And I think probably more than ever, we're entering a time in the world where heart centered is really where people are, where people want to be. And so if you're just marketing and you're just trying to sell something to make money, like, like people are, people are going to get that. Um, Yeah. And I, you know, I think for what it's worth, I think you should make a ton of money. Right. I think, I think, I think we should all turn it down. Yeah. I mean, I'm rooting for you. Right. But you know, at some point, uh, even corporations in the corporate world will shift into more of a compassionate business model. And I think they have to. They have to. And they're, it's just not sustainable the way it is now. Right. It's just it's draining the life out of people. This isn't how we should live. No. And you know, I'm not I wouldn't go Stephen Covey on everything, but a win-win has to be a real win-win. It can't be that I feel like I won and you feel like you won, right? It has yeah. to be like cooperative. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, I just, there, and I'm not, I'm not a business major, right? And I don't know a whole lot, but I do know that people have to care more about people. Yeah. That's all I know. And it can yeah. be profitable. 
I mean, yeah. mostly because it's not made a lot of money. <laughs> you know, I, I wouldn't, I never really thought about that, but I guess he did live on oh, yeah. Maui. Didn't I'm sure he, he did. <laughs> and he would say, I live on Maui. Thank you. Yeah. Thank yeah. You. yeah you. I've heard right. him say that. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, he paid for his house. He, uh, you know, one, I will say this about Wayne Dyer. The only person I ever heard, and it probably wasn't the only person, but kind of challenge him a little was this conversation he had with Abraham Hicks. Yeah, right? I love that. I do too, because you know, all these things I suspect in my head, she's like, oh no, wait a minute. You know, just, are you really going to say that? So it was good to hear like, like an icon meet somebody that, you know, uh, they had a good conversation because it wasn't just somebody like, oh, you're Wayne Dyer. Yeah, uh, she wasn't bowing down to him. I yeah. mean, she's it's it's Esther Hicks channeling Abraham yeah. and um I that's my favorite conversation on the planet. <laughs> it's really I keep awesome. saying that, but it, it really is. I have it on I have it on video. I've got a DVD. I think I also have the the audible version of that. So you can right. listen to it on the go. Yeah. But, yeah, like one of the things I remember is so he would wake up at 3.13 in the morning. Yeah. Um, pretty much every morning. And he was convinced that spirit was waking him up. Right. And so he's asking her, like, why is spirit waking me up at 3.13? And she's like, well, the better question is, why are you listening at 3.13? Because spirit is always talking <laughs> yeah. to you. And it's like, you know, you could tell he was going to have to digest that one because yeah. he was really convinced. Right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so she she didn't just tell him what he wanted to hear at all, right. and I think that made it that made it really interesting. And then I think he started he started talking about GMOs or something, yeah. starting to get worked <laughs> up, and she yeah. kind of like she brought him back down. Yeah, it's a good conversation. It is a good conversation. I actually saw her um, last year when she came to Seattle. Oh and yeah, that was the first time I'd seen her live. Yeah. And, that was really an experience room full of people and and you get to raise your hand if you want to ask a question and then you know like she'll pick a few people yeah i didn't get picked but it was a lot of fun uh, so what kind of work is it that you do now you have a background in religious studies and graphic design and what you know what pays the bills today i spent the last nine or ten years in the car wash industry okay express tunnel car washing uh like I, I think I mentioned the HR call didn't go swell that, you know, I think it's more, it's a corporate takeover, this whole thing, right? Uh, no, no hard feelings on either side, but just a little bit of a, a glitch, but so not a right fit anymore. Yeah. And so for the next three months, uh, I'll live off of what I have. Right. And maybe, and, well, not maybe. I'm going to go full bore into the writing and the drawing and the, and just, you know, it's, if there was ever a right time, right, for me, yeah. it's the right time for me. So uh, I've, like I said, I've developed relationships with uh, a hypnotherapist in Australia who enjoys the drawings. Uh, there's a, a spiritual blogger in Canada. I mean, it's all of these things just coming together at one time. And my wife, God love her soul, second marriage to the same woman. Uh, <laughs> this was a, this was Jim Dandy though. This uh, was the keeper. No, this a hundred percent. I mean, it, you know, and we we've had these discussions of when we could dive in, right? And we we just never were quite right about it. And then, uh, you know, right before all of this stuff went down, she just said, "I've got a piece about it." So, with with that. And me having a piece about it, there's really no, 
There's just no stop. I, you know, this whole manifesting thing is either real or not, right? But I have a hundred percent. It's real. Con- yeah, I get it. <laughs> I get it. So, so these little things that keep happening, I'm just like, why wouldn't I ask for something a little bigger, right? Mm-hmm. And just do what I love and not what I have to do. So, uh, you know, for me, it was all about people. Even car washing can be about people, right? Sure. So, and then this will be about people too. So it's just, you know, it's a great, it's a gift. It's an opportunity for which I'm grateful and wondered by, or that I wonder about. I don't know how to say that, but it it is a thing of wonder, I guess. So, so right time for you, right time for your family. I'd say it's also the right time for the world. So many people are waking up and we're hungry for this. So, um, yeah, I mean, a lot of people are feeling that call either to wake up or, or to offer something, to offer something that, yeah. that can help us through this time. So I definitely think that's that's something you have a gift with and oh, look forward you. to whatever you put out in the world. So you, um, you have a book um, that's available on your website called Mockingbird Ridge. Can you tell us what that book is about? Uh, that, that's like an expanded uh, blog post about uh, somebody that discovers uh, – a cabin in the woods that uh, has this old woman basically who just shares with him uh, her knowledge of what uh, is important, right? Uh, and it, I think uh, it's basically an excuse for me to have written about some of these things that were important to me, right? Uh, with her voice. And there's a little twist at the end and it's, it is also free on the website for, you know, you can download a PDF or you can buy it on Amazon. It's not, uh, I I don't even know how many pages it is, but it's just one of those fun projects that I did. Yeah. So is it, um, is it a fictional story? Yeah. Yeah. Well, and as much as there's, you know, truth in anything. Yeah. Well, I read it and it's well written and and I think there's a lot of wisdom in there. Well, thank and, you for and, that. You know, uh, in alignment with um, Wayne Dyer's teachings again. It's it's a quick read, but it kind of tells you everything that you need to know. Um, I don't think I'm giving away the twist at the end if I read a little <laughs> quote. Okay. Um, so there's there's this woman that that the main character is talking to in the book who who he's getting wisdom from, and. Um, at the end of the book, it says, One Saturday in spring, we found her slumped over her table with a lamp that had long since run out of oil. Next to the lamp was a paper with words written in ink and with a shaky hand that read, I have lived my life without regret. There are better things waiting for me. It is now for you only to smile when you think of me. Ah. Chilling, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's good stuff. There you go. Yeah, so- so, um, so what are you working on now? Uh, well, to, to be honest, I've, I've taken two weeks off, uh, and using that time to learn and, uh, you know, I'm, I'm trying to get through a couple more Deepak Chopra books and, uh, re, re entertain the Wayne Dyer material. You're calibrating. Uh, I think that's a great word for it. You're all smart and stuff. <laughs> uh, thank you much yeah yeah so uh and then i'm just gonna i think i'll go 
we may have a calendar to offer in the next week or two. Uh, we may do that on a website or what they call a click funnel. I don't know what that is, uh, but, I, but <laughs> I guess we'll find out. My cousin's got a very great uh, uh, <laughs> marketing agency, so he, you know he's he's helping. And uh, you know, as far as product goes, we'll see. But as far as uh, project goes, uh, definitely uh, writing a book either on customer service or maybe. And, and here I'm, I'm going to get this away. I don't think anybody else still this idea. The main reason, the main uh, focus on any customer service job should be yourself as well, right? Like get in a good mood before you go to work, because you know if you won the lottery and somebody complained about something, you're not going to be so worried. But if you've had a crappy day and they're and they're crappy back, it's probably not going to go well. So I'm, it may it, it may blend spirituality with customer service. I don't know, but that's that's maybe. Yeah, that sounds great. I mean, I think when you're talking about anybody that works in the service industry, even if you're just making YouTube videos, right? Yeah, that can be a service. Um, getting yourself into a good space, you know, everything that you are is what comes through. So. You know, I'm a card reader and I'm I have this podcast and I run the Wayne Dyer group and uh, I feel like I feel like what I'm putting out into the world is um, is the overflow of my life is that I have a wonderful family. I have an incredibly supportive husband. I have two yeah. adorable kids. I spend a feels like 110 percent of my day <laughs> just with the house stuff. But somehow I'm squeezing in this because it's. Yeah. You know, it's part of my spiritual practice, but like what I have to give away is is what I'm cultivating in my life. And that is um, that's a culmination of more than 20 years of studying Wayne Dyer. It's a culmination of the wonderful parents who raised me. It's yeah. a culmination of um, some very fortunate life choices that ha that have put me into a, a loving space in my life at this time, because yeah. if I was really struggling <laughs> this would not be a time for me to get this would not be a time this would not be a time for me to share and so i think when we show up whether you're in a you know customer service um call center which i was for years yeah. um many years ago um or whether you're you're working at the corner shop or whether you are you know whatever you're doing if you're struggling you're bringing that energy everywhere you go yeah. And if you're taking good care of yourself and you're filling yourself up, then then you have that much more, that much yeah. more to give. So, so I have to, I, I want to yeah. interrupt you for a second. Yeah. Because I don't know where we are on time, right? But I wanted to say, look, you just in this call, this was supposed to be a podcast for me. This has been just a wonderful lesson in and of itself. And you, whatever you're doing, I'm sure it's awesome and great. You know, we've had some interaction with each other, but this whole this whole shooting match for you should just be the berries. I mean, <laughs> I, I I I don't. You know, we always tend to see better in others than we do in ourselves sometimes. But I'm for telling sure. you this, uh, this I'm excited for you. This is good oh, good stuff. Thank you so much. You know, I 
I just, I love talking to people about these things. I love talking to people about what lights them up. I love talking about even the darkest moments of their lives when it's a moment that turned everything around for them. And yeah. and I'm passionate about that and I'm excited about that. Um, we had somebody who posted in the group a couple days ago that just really warmed my heart. He said that he had um, years in the radio industry and that he was just giving me amazing compliments That's about awesome. a podcast host. And That's it's like, awesome. I don't have any background in this. I didn't, yeah. <laughs> I've never done anything Look, like this it's before. It's professional. It's, it's, it's beautiful. Well, I feel like it's casual, but then isn't that how Wayne Dyer talked to us? Look, you've got a lot of him in you. Now, I don't know how it got there, right? Obviously, but, <laughs> but I mean, you've got a lot of, you know, uh, it's, it's, and it's, and it's, I don't want to, this is be a negative towards Wayne Dyer, but as a positive towards you, you are a much better interviewer than Wayne Dyer was uh, Abraham. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, you know, you, you got that going for you. You're doing great. You're doing great. Well, thank you. And I'm, you know, honestly, I'm just, I'm just tickled to be um, associated with the name Wayne Dyer, because now that people are starting to discover the group and discover the podcast, yeah. and they're like, oh, yeah, Nadia Dela Cruz, like, she knows a lot of stuff about Wayne Dyer, yeah. which I didn't realize was unusual, by the way. <laughs> it is. Look, it, it, it's pretty unusual. I, I found, I don't know... I mean, maybe there's a local chapter of a fan club. I don't know, but uh, around here, it's not, it doesn't sell, right? Yeah, that's true for a lot of places, or it's kind of underground, or yeah. or people that are new to Wayne Dyer are kind of tiptoeing around, like discovering him gently. And so maybe Facebook's a really good way to do that. Maybe you just you get little tidbits, and it starts to plant a seed. I love your post. I love your post, even on it, you know, even on your other pages. I love your post. Oh, thank you Very so good. much. Yeah. Well, you know, I didn't even talk to you on the phone before this. And That's true. Um, and I, I usually do um, either if I don't know somebody, I'll usually chat with them first. But um, I just had such a good feeling about who you were oh. and and the message that you have. And again, I trusted my instincts. And this has just been an amazing conversation. And I'm so happy that we got to connect in yeah. this way. And I look forward to sharing this with everybody so uh, they can see how wonderful you are, too. I think you're wonderful also. And I hope you have a fantastic evening. Well, thank you. So what's the best way for people to reach you? Uh, I think just restingtimes.com or facebook.com backslash restingtimes. Uh, you can message me on the Facebook page or, you know, there's a contact form in the uh, on the website. Great. Yeah, you have a Facebook page there as well. But if you go to if you go to restingtimes.com, you'll find all the links and yeah. you can learn a little bit more about Kevin Thompson. All right. Uh, if there was one thing that you want people to receive today, what would you say? Look, it's that kindness is your superpower. Even with my mm -hmm. Southern accent, that's kind with a K-I-N-D. <laughs> kindness <laughs> is your superpower, right? Uh, it, th this is what the world needs. This is what we all need. And uh, it starts with being kind to yourself. And it, it, that's the only way you can be kind to anybody else. But we just got to share the love. You know, that's all. That's all I want to, to get out. Yeah. Well said. Thank you, Kevin. All right. Thank you.
For all our listeners, thank you for following Change Your Thoughts, Change Your Life and telling your friends about it. To get in contact with my guest, you can find him at restingtimes.com. And to learn more about this podcast, please visit nadiadelacruz.com. Until next time, take care of yourself and take care of each other. Namaste.